Welcome to my IELTS classroom, the podcast where two ex-examiners talk all things IELTS. I'm still Shelley Cornick. And I'm still Nick Long. And today we are celebrating the one year anniversary of the My IELTS Classroom podcast. Hello, Nick. How are you? Hello. I'm feeling very good today. We're recording on a different day, aren't we? We are, because yes, because I'm going away next you week. You are. So it's, it's, it's Friday instead of Monday. So I've got that like end of week feeling instead of the beginning of the week. Yeah, definitely a different feeling because I've not actually got that much work today and the weekend is completely free. Wow. Which is, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Going away tomorrow for the day and then on Sunday... Got a lot of sport to watch, which is going to be nice. What's happening? Formula One? Football, Formula One. Going to be great. Amazing. <laughs> Sounds like Nick's ideal day. And, right. a, and a homemade pizza as well, of course. Oh, on top. We all know Nick and his homemade bolognese pizzas. <laughs> um, so not only are we filming or recording on a different day, mm. but I guess today's episode is totally different to any it of is. the ones we've done before. Because what we're going to do today is... Look back, Nick, at mm. our... Can we call it an archive? Yeah, we can, definitely, why not? Yeah, at our archive of episodes, because this week... Actually, it's tomorrow, I think, if we go by date. Yes, it first is of March, tomorrow, yeah. First of May, sorry, was when we first launched. So I mm. guess today is our... Now, I've been trying to think about this. Is it our birthday or is it our anniversary? Birthday, I would say. Usually. I like birthday better. Sound, yeah. First birthday... Yes, we had a nice email this week from a student called Amonjot, who's been listening to us for the, just the past few weeks. I think he said he's done 10 episodes. Mm. And he finished his, uh, his email by saying, I also want to insist that you never stop making content on your podcast. Well, I'm not sure that we'll never stop. <laughs> we'll probably run out of ideas eventually. After a, after a couple of years, <laughs> after a few, well, at least a few years, but mm-hmm. certainly I think we can promise that we're gonna we're gonna keep going for at least another year, right? Mm, I guess we should. Yeah, why not? Yeah, so we're definitely gonna aim for our two year anniversary. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, what I thought we'd do, I mean, let's be honest, Nick, it is actually quite an achievement to have produced one of these episodes every week for fifty two weeks. I think it is, especially when you look at other IELTS podcasts. Some of them lasted three or four episodes mm-hmm. the ones that have been going on for the longest yeah are usually under 10 minutes long that's what i was going to say they're more like snack size yeah, podcasts, and we right? do an hour every week almost an hour every week don't we we so. are yeah i mean some, i'm not sure maybe we should start getting a little bit shorter i'm not sure if an hour's too much it's just i can never shut up <laughs> <laughs> um, but certainly i would say we are quite unique in the fact that we have yeah we've been absolutely consistent never missed a week mm-hmm. And we are on the meatier side of the yeah. podcast range. And we like to have fun as well. Yeah, We exactly. like to make it an easy listen, don't we? We do. Someone's emailed us recently. Unfortunately, I can't remember their name, but they said, um, they said something nice like, there's more information in an episode of your podcast than an, uh, an IELTS video on YouTube that's got a million views. Mm. And you do it in a much more relaxed and easy style. Yeah, there we go. nice wasn't it so i think as it is you know i'm not very good at being consistent nick i'm very good at short bursts of activity Mm -hmm. and then rest yeah like a panda (laughs) basically (laughs) so the fact that we have managed and i'm going to be honest there's been some mondays when i thought oh my god again right Mm -hmm. the fact that we have managed to do this consistently i think today would be a great opportunity to look back in the archives Mm -hmm at some of the episodes that we've done and basically play a few clips and kind of celebrate our success before we pause and then start again for a new year. So um, I thought what we'd do is we would take a look then at the different types of episodes that we have because I think we've kind of got some regular things that we do Mm -hmm. and some one-offs. So I've spent this week sort of going back and listening to a lot of clips. The first thing I want to say, Nick, is you are so patient. Why do you think so? Because I talk way too much. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're the fountain of knowledge, really, aren't you? So oh, well, I, <laughs> I'm a fountain that should shut up sometimes. I just, That's what I I just I take it all in and offer comment when necessary. <laughs> Some of the times I was like, oh, maybe we'll play this bit. And then I was like, yeah, okay, it's been five minutes and Nick hasn't spoken. We can't play that bit. So um, 
next year there's going to be a lot less of me talking and a lot more of Nick talking. Um, but the first episode I thought we'd look at was the first one that we ever released. I guess so we started, didn't we, with like this mm-hmm. five-part series. 101, IELTS 101. Yeah, which actually I think we should promote a little bit more because it is an amazing introduction point for anybody mm-hmm. who's starting to study IELTS. Right? So we looked at, you know, each, I think we looked at the test as a whole in the first yep. episode. And then each of the four sections. Each of the four sections, right. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still available. If you go back there, um, episodes one to five. But for me, I guess that that series was sort of, from my perspective, us laying the foundation. Mm-hmm. For anybody new to IELTS. And then from that point, we started looking at specific ways to help people. And the first episode we did, which is still one that I think of, was all about different IELTS myths. Mm -hmm. Because there is a lot of misinformation out there, isn't there? Uh, To be honest, I think these IELTS myths, the IELTS myths style episode, we could probably do a new one every six months and have enough information to fill out an hour easily. Yeah, because unfortunately... It just yeah, comes like from can, nowhere, doesn't it? All the time. Like It's like, you know, you bash one myth down mm-hmm. and then another one pops up. Another two pop up in its place. In another place. <laughs> um, I would say the one that... I don't know if you've heard this recently, Nick, but the myth that I'm hearing a lot at the minute is about the listening test. That it's become more difficult. Yeah. 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 Lots of people are talking about that, that, you know, that it was faster than the Cambridge books. The questions were more difficult. What do you think? Do you think that's true, Nick, or not? I don't see why they would make it harder. No. It's already hard enough if your level's not high. Right. I mean, I think it's definitely true that there is some variation between tests. Well, there has to be because different speakers, different topics. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, you can do everything in your power to Mm -hmm. make exams consistent. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's not. There's always going to be a bit of of a shift. To the easier not, side and to the harder side. Right. And it's, it's not black and white. Um, I did one yesterday with a, with a student mm-hmm. and it was one that I hadn't done before from book 12. It was book 12, test eight, if you're doing the general training one. And their, their final section was a lecture about noise. And one of the questions, I understood every word. I just couldn't find the answer. I just mm. didn't. I was like, I don't know what it is. And when I looked, the answer was lively and Nick. I could have bet my, you could have said a million pounds. I would never have picked the word lively for that answer. So if I can sometimes struggle with a question, yeah, you know, I think that can happen in a test. And also I think test environments are stressful. There's adrenaline. Mm-hmm. You're not sat at home. I think it does feel like the recording is faster, probably sure. because you're just got a lot more stress running through your body. Mm-hmm. So that's an example of a recent myth. Um, back in episode five, I think we looked at 14 myths in that episode. Sounds about right. There was quite a few, wasn't there? It was a lot. And and then we've had an, another episode about myths since then. So we've mm-hmm. definitely had two. But in this, we're going to go right back then to the very first real episode. So it's episode five. I think we sound younger, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but we look at one myth from Pramad, which is basically about the number of words you can use in your IELTS essay. Um, let's move on then to Pramod. So Pramod's got a question about IELTS essays. And he says, is it true that you should not write above 255 or 260 words in an IELTS essay because you will lose marks or the examiner will stop reading? <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing, but truth or myth, Nick? I just, I, the examiner will stop reading was, was I don't understand <laughs> no. why they would do that. Well, what does it say? You should write at least... 250 words. It's not asking for a maximum, it's asking for a minimum. So, trying to write an academic essay that is between 250 and 260 words, I would say it's pretty impossible if you're using pen and paper. Yeah. If you don't have a word count, it would be impossible. And also, this is a test which is, you know, we need to make sure that people are a nine. Yeah, so we have to, like, give space for the higher level students to write a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot tell you how false, false, false this is because I read this so often. Like some people have got some complicated formula. Like if you write more than 270, you can only get a six. And if you write more than 280, it's all just rubbish. Mm -hmm. Um, 
If you've just joined us in this episode, we discussed this before. Nick and I think that for task one, the ideal range of words is around 180 to 220 maximum. Mm -hmm. And I think for the essay, we said it's about between 280 and 320. Yeah. However, you are free to write as many words as you want. The examiners, even if their eyes are bleeding, (laughs) must read every single one of your words. They must. That's what they're paid to do. And there is absolutely no automatic penalty, particularly for more than 260 words. Because for me, that's not really enough anyway. Mm. Um, So, Pramod, I want to say thank you very much for asking us that because it's really important that students understand that is a total myth. Mm -hmm. All right. So that was our uh, answer to Pramod's maximum word or upper word limit Mm -hmm. nick do you think that our lovely answer has stopped that myth no because i think people still believe that for some reason i said i often now still read you know the examiner stops reading your essay (laughs) (laughs) after 250 words that's it the end they're like that's what i'm paid for i've finished (laughs) right so yeah sadly there are lots of myths about ielts if you're interested in listening to the ones that we've already dispelled then go back and listen to those past episodes but Mm -hmm. if you've got a new myth or something that you've recently heard Mm -hmm. something that's a rumor and you want us to say if it's a myth or a truth email us because i do think we should do another one of these episodes definitely yeah yeah again all right so that was episode five uh which was great and then i think you know as we started going i think one of the episodes that i really enjoyed Mm. was the episode, Nick, I think you came up with this idea. I did. After after teaching one of my uh, general English students, we we discussed it quite a lot. And then I suggested doing one to you. Yeah. So this was our episode about our motivation challenge. Mm-hmm. And in particular, Nick, it was like, well, you explain it. Because I think, as you said, like, you're, I think of you as the king. It's like, a, <laughs> it's a 31-day ch- motivation challenge. Mm-hmm. So what did it involve? It just involved removing bad habits from your life and trying to add something a little bit more positive in your life. And the idea is that if you do something for 30 days, it becomes a habit automatically. Like, for example, when people are trying to quit smoking, Mm -hmm. it gets really, really hard after a week or two weeks Mm -hmm. and the cravings come back and everything. And it's only when you actually get to the 28 or 30 days that, the cravings begin to disappear and not smoking becomes your habit. That's. I think that was the key thing, wasn't it? It was basically creating this positive habit. Mm-hmm. And from what I remember, the thing I liked about that challenge is that we weren't asking students to make huge changes. That's another important thing as well. It's all about very small, almost unnoticeable changes. Right. Because, I mean, I think that's the problem. You know, I get students who email me who are like, yes. I'm going to take the, the exam in six weeks. I, I can study 12 hours a day. <laughs> and, and I think that's lovely. But, you know, come on. Mm. Nobody can study 12 hours a day, right? Yeah, I mean, we I think we talked about it in the episode. But, but even like doing uh, 15 minutes of reading for IELTS mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. after a month, that's a good few hours that you wouldn't have done otherwise. If, as long exactly. as you make sure you do it every day. Or, uh-huh. you know, 10 minutes of reading one day, 10 minutes of listening the next day, 10 minutes of writing the next day. It all adds what, up, even no, if it's only definitely. small chunks of time. What it, what impressed me, Nick, was as I was looking at this, mm. you know, because a lot of the time I'd look back through the through the podcast mm-hmm. I've archive on the blog post, mm. blog.myartsclassroom.com. And I was looking on the Facebook page mm-hmm. and what surprised me that I'd forgotten was as we were doing the motivation challenge, I posted something every day for 30 days mm. on, like our, like blo- on our Facebook kind of, page. Yeah. yeah. I was like, crikey, well done old me. I'd forgotten that. <laughs> so it was just a link to a reading or, you know, the, you know, here's an essay, brainstorm ideas for it. Mm-hmm. Those posts are still there. So if you want to, you could start this motivation challenge at any time. Mm-hmm. You could go back and listen to episode 13 and then you could have a look, scroll back through the Facebook. It won't take long because I basically abandoned the Facebook in September because I got too busy. But that's something I need to start doing again. Um, But yeah, so I thought what we do today is we would, at the the beginning of that episode, before you explained what the motivation challenge is or the 31 day challenge is, Mm -hmm. we took a look at like motivation in general. What Mm -hmm. can you do? to motivate yourself because it's not easy sometimes with IELTS Definitely right not, yeah. particularly if you've been doing this 
for months or even years. So I think we had like three or four different tricks, but I thought we'd play for you the first one, which was don't wait until you are in the mood to study. All right, so number one, my first trick for staying motivated is don't wait until you are in the mood. Mm-hmm. And Nick, this is the one that I am definitely most guilty of. So, I mean, I think it's true when I am in the mood to do something. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I do wake up and I think, oh, I fancy writing a blog post or a podcast script or filming a video. When I'm in the mood and I do things, it is definitely easier. Of course, yeah. But the problem is that I am really in the mood to do anything. <laughs> so if if you if you're sort of like waking up every day and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, you know, should I study for IELTS? Should I practice some reading? And you think, well, I don't really feel like it today. Mm-hmm. The truth is that you are probably never going to wake up or maybe just once a month wake up and be in the mood. So if you're mm-hmm. waiting to be in the mood, it's going to take you a long time to prepare. Yep. And this is what we were saying before about deadlines. Like deadlines help to put me in the mood so if I know I need Uh to do something then I instantly get into the mood like my university was a great example of this because at university I always did every essay at the last minute Mm -hmm. and I struggled to write without the pressure of the deadline Mm -hmm. like the ideas just didn't come when you know you've got to do something everything just flowed naturally and I could write (laughs) a good essay yeah And once I started, the mood came, basically. That's what I mean. I think that is the key. Mm -hmm. I think it's a mistake to wait. It's the mistake to use the mood as motivation Mm -hmm. because the mood comes after you have started. It does. The mood does come after after you've already started. And a lot of the time, actually, you know, I always do this. Not always, but very regularly do this. Like in an evening, I'll think, right, tomorrow I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then... (laughs) I fall asleep late, I wake up late, and I don't do anything because I'm like, well, I woke up late, I'll have some breakfast, I'll have some coffee, and then it's already 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock, and I'm like, all right, just go for a walk. (laughs) That is so, I mean, the the number of times, because I don't sleep very well, the number of times Mm. at 2 a.m. when I'm like, okay, tomorrow this is going to happen, and this Mm -hmm. is going to happen, and it never does Mm -hmm. in the morning. So I really believe the key for this is... Forget about the mood. Even if you really, really don't want to sit down and study, I promise you, once you start, that's when the mood comes. Yeah. You never regret sitting down and studying. Mm -hmm. It's like exercise, right? You never finish a workout and regret it. You might (laughs) not want to go for that run Mm -hmm. or, you know, go to the gym. But once you have, you feel good. Yeah. And you're more motivated for the next time. Exactly. Um, exactly. And it's the same with studying. I bet you, if you sat down and studied today, you'd be much more likely to study tomorrow mm-hmm. because you will remember that feel-good feeling you got after you studied. Even if it's only for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, as long as you've done it, it's that push that you need. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I think if you are the sort of person who just thinks, you know what, I'm not in the mood today, so I'm not going to do it. You need to... Sort your brain out and stop that. And when you're not in the mood, say, well, okay, I'm not in the mood now, but let's try for 10 minutes. And I bet after that 10 minutes, you will be in the mood. Yeah. Well, I I feel quite motivated now, Nick, after (laughs) listening to that. So much so, before we leave this, can you remember, like, Mm -hmm. as part of the motivation challenge, we set ourselves some goals. Mm -hmm. Can you remember what yours were? Um, There's quite a few. One of them was to walk, I think it was five kilometers every day. Or yeah. the, Was it five? I'm guessing you've listened back to it. Have you listened back to it or not? I didn't listen to the whole episode, okay. to be honest. I think, you were, I think it was 10,000 steps a day, wasn't it? I think it was less than that. I think it was five was or it six. Eight, maybe. Okay. All right. It was a number that was much higher than my usual. So Yeah. <laughs> um. I remember it was like less sugar in my coffee. Yeah. More fruit and veg every day. No beer. No chocolate, chocolate. was it? Yeah. No chocolate beer. Yeah, I and think maybe even bread. I think that was it. And I remember like, I did I I successfully did it for 30 days and I continued it for about 3 months. Um 
and I lost what, seven kilos, I think. Yeah. And I you was skinny, I, I was sleeping that. better and everything was great. And then we went back into lockdown and, <laughs> and everything was completely destroyed. See, this is the problem because this is what I was thinking was that I, I think mine was like move mm-hmm. at least once a day. Move once a day. I remember that. Yeah, it was. And I did that mm-hmm. religiously, mm-hmm. but not since we relaunched my the my arts class on version 2.0 yeah the, re- what, the relaunch as well because we were both working a lot more we suddenly had loads of new students lots yeah. of new live lessons every day mm-hmm. which was fantastic it was and great, we were creating yeah. it was creative right creating all of these new lessons but i just lost that exercise time mm-hmm. the only thing i definitely still do from that is i wash my face properly every day oh good that's great yeah so i've kept that but maybe nick it's time we also had another look at a motivation yeah, I think we should do it again. I think I would be well up for doing another 30-day challenge. Me too. With yeah. like some new goals or maybe like keep one of the old ones and add a couple of new mm-hmm. new things, right? And that will maybe get me motivated to go back to the Facebook page. Because it was pretty good what I did on that Facebook page. Anyway, you know, my arts classroom podcast, what I liked about that, that motivation challenge, Nick, is we're not just fountains of knowledge <laughs> about the test, but we're also trying to look after our students, right? We are. Like genuinely mm-hmm. trying to motivate you. So, you know, if you're looking for somebody, I've got a t- student at the minute who said, Shelley, don't be nice to me. I need a teacher with a big stick, right? I don't, <laughs> I don't mind. If you want an encouraging teacher, if you want a teacher to be quite strict with you, we can do all of that. Um, right. So that was our motivation challenge in episode 13. I was then thinking about the types of episodes that we've started to do. They sort of started happening naturally. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, the episodes that I always really like are the episodes where it's usually for reading and listening, mm. where I get to be the teacher <laughs> yeah, and you get to be the student. And I basically set you some different tasks that you have to finish. Mm-hmm. And I think actually, you know, one of the interesting things about having a podcast is that, you know, usually as teachers, we're in a classroom with a, with a whiteboard. We are, yeah. Or in my video series, you know, I've got all the animations that I can use. One of the challenging things about teaching in a podcast is that it is just our voices. Yep, nothing else. Nothing else, just the golden sound of our voices. <laughs> and But I think that having this type of lesson mm-hmm. where one of us is essentially like the educator and the other is the student is a great way of being able to make it it works in podcast form, I yeah. think. Because I think some students wrote to you and said that it was quite useful, didn't they? Loads Those of types people. Of episodes. Yeah, and I mean, we're actually, we're going to play a clip from our lesson on listening part one. Mm-hmm. But the first one of these that we did was on listening part three, mm-hmm. the one which I regret. I should have called it multiple choice questions mm. instead of listening part three. But that is still our most popular podcast. Is it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got well over like 3,000 downloads. Wow. So I would say they're definitely popular. I think we've got, we've done loads of them. We've had like True False Not Given Mm -hmm. for reading, Headings Match. Headings Match was my favourite. Was it? Yeah, just because I like that reading. It was tough, the academic one. Mm -hmm. Oh, you like the general training one about the 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 cold. The cold town in Siberia. Yeah, yeah, that is a good one. We've got like box matching, mm-hmm. uh, multiple choice questions. That was a good one. We've got loads of them. But the one that we're going to play a clip from today is just, I, I like this one. It's just our attempt at teaching you the tricks of listening part one. And we're just going to listen to me showing you, Nick, the first type of trick that IELTS uses in that part of the test. Listeners, I have not told Nick what we are going to be listening to today. So he is going to be our student, just like you. Um, is that okay, mate? You've put me in this nervous position again where I could get something <laughs> wrong and embarrass myself. But all right, I'm ready. You're not going to get anything <laughs> wrong. All right, but maybe you will. <laughs> no. Um, right. So as I said, today we are looking at the four reasons why students make errors in listening part one. Mm -hmm. And to begin, Nick, I'm not going to tell you the first reason. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to play you and our listeners a very short clip Mm -hmm. from, I think it's from Cambridge uh, Book 8, Test 1, Part 1, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want you to think, if you can work out from this clip, what IELTS is doing that could make students choose the wrong 
answer. Okay. So to do this, I just want you to listen and mm-hmm. I want you to guess what the question was right. that the students are asked or what information maybe is better. What information are the students asked to find in this clip? Okay. All right. So yep. let's play clip one. You should do the same thing at home. What do you think the question was that goes with this short tape script or this short recording? Hi, George. Glad you're back. Loads of people have phoned you. Really? I felt just like your secretary. Sorry. I went into the library this afternoon to have a look at a newspaper and I came across something really interesting. What? A book? No, a brochure from a summer festival, mainly Spanish music. Look, I've got it here. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. mate, here we go. That, that sound is the sound of Nick finishing listening to the clip. So what do you think maybe in this clip the question was? What, what do you think the students were asked to identify? Do you, want, do you want to know my honest answer? Yeah. I have no idea. Oh, really? Yeah. Because okay. at the start... It was like the, it was like basically two different conversations. It sounded like two different conversations, completely uh-huh. different conversations. One about someone coming back from holiday, and then yeah. he just started going off on a, a different topic. Oh, I went to the library. Right, and then what does he talk about at the library? A, a book, a newspaper, a newspaper. He talks about a newspaper, uh-huh. a book, uh-huh. and a brochure. Ah, okay. So probably the question was, what did he read in the library? What did he find mm. in the library? I think it was what did he find? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so this is what I would call trick number one, which is the false answer trick. Mm-hmm. Right. Every time IELTS asks, well, most times IELTS asks you a question in part one. So if it's just a simple question like um, what color T-shirt does the person want to buy? Mm-hmm. You are not going to hear one color. Mm-hmm. Right. You're going to hear a conversation like this, like, um, are you going to wear the blue T-shirt tomorrow? No, it's in the wash. So I thought about wearing my yellow one, but it's too small. So I think it will be the pink. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So there you've got three colours, mm-hmm. blue, yellow, pink, but only one it's is correct. the correct answer. Yeah. So are these like distractors, basically? Is that what they're they are? Basically, yeah, they are. I guess when we looked at the multiple choice questions a few weeks ago, Mm, mm -hmm. what they do for the distractors there is they give you key words which are in the multiple choice Mm -hmm. bands. But because here there's no other choices, all they can do is give you other words which logically fit the space. But are not correct, basically. But are not correct. They are plausible. You need to understand the uh, the context around the conversation, basically. Exactly. That's Mm -hmm. what I was going to say. You Like, why do they do this? So I guess that would be for the weaker students who are literally just listening for our colour. Exactly. And then they, they hear pink and, key... mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, in that one, it was, you've got, you know, what did George, you know, you're listening for what George found in the library. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got, first of all, you know, there were newspapers and then a book and then finally brochure. Mm-hmm. Which is the correct answer, I guess. Which is the correct answer. Exactly. Do you know what? It's really good being the editor of this podcast because it means that any answers that I got wrong when we were recording it, I can just pretend never existed. <laughs> they just disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you said to me, no, that's not right. Read. Like, no, 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 Nick, no, no. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the magic of editing, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So they're my favourite Mm-hmm. they're my personal favorite type of lessons right because I just like teaching listening and reading I know from the students perspective I know we get a lot of positive feedback from a lot of the episodes but I do know the the one episodes which tend to get the most emails or tend to generate the most emails and the most responses are the ones where we look at recent essay questions oh yes yeah I like these ones as well these are fun yeah and I think now we've done I think three haven't four. we or four I know that there's like six, six more, six in January, and maybe the three, maybe kind of three where we've looked at six, and there's another Mm -hmm. one where we looked at the most difficult questions recently. Mm -hmm. So that's four of these. So essentially, we just take the questions which have been reported to us Mm -hmm. by our students, and we, Nick and I, say, okay, would we agree or disagree? What would our ideas be? We try to choose the most difficult questions, don't we? Yeah. 
Yeah, and some um, of them are pretty tough, to be honest. I mean, we've been stumped a few times, haven't we? Definitely. Mm. In fact, the interesting thing was, yeah, I think the one, do you remember the one we looked at in the last episode, like really difficult questions about contact from space? <laughs> yes. <laughs> some people think, you know, we should, if aliens came, we should talk to them. Some people think it's better. Randomly, I've been listening to an audiobook by a guy I really like called John Ronson. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's like a collection of his old essays, basically. And randomly, out of nowhere, the other night, I'm lying in bed, and it starts talking about he's interviewing the man whose job it is to actually be the person to communicate with aliens should really? they ever contact the Earth. Yeah, and he's essentially really interesting stuff like um, they wouldn't tell governments that contact had been made because they they think everybody will go hysterical. Um, they won't tell anybody where the signals come from because they don't want people like you and me beaming their, our own messages back via radio. Um, if I can, I'll see if I can download that and put a link to it mm-hmm. um, on that episode page. But yeah, definitely. I mean, the whole point is that some essay topics, I think, are relatively easy for students to handle. Yeah. Others, I do think, are very, very tricky, particularly if that is the first time you have either seen that topic. Mm-hmm. Or that type of question in the test. Yeah. And the clip that I want to play us today from one of these episodes, honestly, I think that I link students to this clip at least twice a week. Mm-hmm. When students write to me and say, I'm not sure how to handle these two-part questions, the questions where you're asked why, mm-hmm. and is it a positive or negative development, yeah. I just say, stop what you're doing, go and listen to this <laughs> 15 minutes of Nick and I chatting and you will never have problems again. So I thought we would play that clip for people now. Let me read this second question to you now, Nick. Nowadays, many people use the internet to get medical advice instead of going to see a doctor. Why is this? Mm -hmm. And do you think it is a positive or negative development? Okay. Cool question, actually. Relevant, I would say. Was relevant. And yeah, it really is something, you know, I am definitely guilty of every time I sneeze, Googling Mm -hmm. and discovering I'm going to (laughs) die. Yeah, that's what everyone does. Mm -hmm. So now I've chosen this one because I liked the question, but Mm -hmm. two, because this is becoming IELTS, basically their go-to two-part questions. Why is this and positive negative, yeah? Right. I've so seen they, so many of them recently. This has only really started happening in the last six months, year or six months. Mm. Yeah. So um, I want to start by saying, okay, so I have got a very strong opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I had an epiphany, which means I had like a bolt of lightning thought mm-hmm. one day, which was, I think there is one very easy way to tackle these questions and one very difficult way okay all right so it doesn't matter you're going to have to have a paragraph that says why or Mm -hmm. that gives the reasons for this trend Mm -hmm. but do you think in general it's going to be easier to say for whatever the question is that it's a positive or a negative development in general is it going to be easier in in general so it doesn't matter what the trend is Mm. let's say more people today are buying flowers why is this? Is it positive or negative? It doesn't matter. I think there is one easy way and it de- or one difficult and it depends on if you choose positive or negative. Interesting. Yeah. I, I really don't know. I'm going to guess and say that negative is probably easier to write. It is. Mm-hmm. Right. And let me explain why. So let's just let's leave that. Let's press pause on that question. Mm-hmm. Right. And let's just do this with a much easier question. Okay. okay. So let's let's have a question like, more and more people today are studying online. Mm-hmm. Why is this? And is it a positive or negative development? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's start with the reasons because we need a reason paragraph. Nick, give me a couple of reasons. Why are people studying, studying more online today? Coronavirus. Okay, right. So, okay. Well, let's leave the coronavirus yeah, out of that. it. Okay. Yeah, uh, but in general... Because it's easier and because it's cheaper. Okay, what... Easier how? Because you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to move to a different city or travel to a building every day. Okay, so it's convenient mm-hmm. and it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's my question, right? They are two great reasons why more people travel online. Mm-hmm. Are those 
Positives or negatives? They're positives. Right. So for almost every question, mm-hmm. you're, the reasons why something is happening are usually always something positive. Right. Because people don't just choose to start doing something unless there is a good reason. True. Mm-hmm. So if you now want to say so there are your reasons right Mm -hmm. it's convenient and it's cheaper if you want to say it's a positive development what are you going to have to do in the next paragraph well i suppose you're going to have to repeat your arguments a little bit aren't you but we can't right because then there's no progression Mm. so this is the problem is that you are going to now need two more well could we different positives could we say that like convenience is positive because it allows more people to study it allows poorer people to study right so you could but i think for a lot of students they're just going to end up repeating the same stuff Mm -hmm. in each paragraph so i think what you would have to do is you would have to think of basically four positives and then decide which two are going to be the reasons Mm. and which two would be best to argue that it's Positive. Mm-hmm. For example, I think you're right. I mean, I think for this one, if you want to say it's positive, we could take that convenient to the next step and say it mm-hmm. allows a wide, wider range of people. But it's not easy you're to right. do no, that. You're exactly right, because taking an argument to the next step is, is difficult if your level yeah. is not so high. So exactly. I can think of two negatives very easily. This is the thing, right? So it's, if you say it's a negative development, mm-hmm. you basically have then a clean pool of ideas, right? Mm-hmm. You can just say, oh, there's what would be ne- negative about this? I would say that um, the quality of teaching could go down. Yep, yeah, definitely. And yep. I would say that um, there's less accountability and responsibility because it's outside an institution usually, isn't it? Oh, that's true. Okay, that's a really good one. I was just going to go something simple like lack of motivation or something. Oh, yeah, like, okay, It's hard yeah. to motivate yourself. Mm-hmm. So the thing is also, if you say, like, here are the reasons, mm-hmm. you've got a great transition then. Mm-hmm. You say, you know, however, despite these reasons, I still, I think... still believe mm-hmm. that this is a negative development. And then you can just put the two negatives. That's good, actually. I like it. <laughs> yeah. So for me, for 99% of these questions, as soon as you see why mm-hmm. and positive, negative, mm-hmm. negative. Hello, my name's Michael. I study with my IELTS classroom because it has every aspect of the English grammar that is needed for the IELTS exam. Hey, I'm Raman from India. I choose to study with my IELTS classroom because uh, they are experts and uh, funny as well. I bet you will never get bored. I study with my IELTS classroom because the lessons are really engaging and fun. And in my opinion, the course is the best one out there on the internet. I still think that's the best way to do these types of essays definitely yeah that yeah Yeah. because i've had a lot of actually i've had quite a few of these essays recently um Mm -hmm. to mark and the problem's always the same they use the same arguments in both paragraphs Mm -hmm. uh, or they're like they repeat the same argument so sometimes as well i've had really strange answers where people have tried to put like one cause and if it's positive or negative in the same paragraph right yeah like that so like problem cause solution but like problem cause solution and it is just it doesn't really work <laughs> it's always it a car crash mm. no it doesn't so but i understand it if you don't really if you've never come across that type of question before then it's yeah it's tricky it's not easy Mm -hmm. now you may have noticed we didn't play the bit where we actually uh give our ideas for that question about medicine Mm -hmm. so if you if you want to listen to that that comes from episode 25 i think our answer for that particular question starts at 14 minutes 27 so you could just skip forward to that Mm -hmm. but why not listen to the whole episode because we look at six you know five other questions there yeah um and they are all useful so so nick i've done my favorite type of episode mm-hmm. where i get to be the teacher mm-hmm. what's what's your favorite you know if you had to choose one of the sort of regular types of shows that we do <laughs> what do you like the most my favorite episode is where i get to be the teacher <laughs> <laughs> we could do that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah when we give feedback that's my uh... favorite type when we're both the teacher 
I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's really great, essentially, when we get to interact mm-hmm. with our listeners. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess, you know, we sit and talk to each other every week, but we've got no real idea who's listening to us no unless people email. Yeah. So it's absolutely lovely when people record things for us. Yeah. And send them in. Mm-hmm. So what? I guess we've done. I remember that we've definitely done an episode quite recently about part three questions, mm-hmm. where people would send us our uh, their responses to some part three questions. Yes, we've also done. We've done part two, two definitely. Definitely more than right. once. I think. I think we've done part two questions twice, but I could be wrong there. Well, it's certainly been six or seven months. I think since we've. It's had... been a while. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking that in May we will definitely have an episode yes. where. Will give students ah, particularly because the part two questions, you know, half of the speaking questions are going to change tomorrow, first of May. Is oh, really? the new yeah, the new speaking pack. The old one finishes today. Mm-hmm. So good luck anybody who's taken <laughs> took the test at the weekend. It could have been a few surprises. Mm-hmm. But maybe we'll take, you know, once we get word, I'll have a look at my little Chinese website. Once we get word of uh what some of the new cue card topics are. Yes. Then that, that's a good May. time, yeah, we can do them, can't we? Yeah. Right. We'll get some feedback. Mm-hmm. So maybe before maybe today then. So, so should we play should we play a part a clip from a part two episode? Yeah, let's do that. All right. So is there anybody I think in the last one we did, we looked at some past cards, some object cards, and some people cards. We did, and we were looking specifically for, our, in the past cards, we were looking for grammar errors, yeah. people using the incorrect tense. Yes. Um, I can't remember what, I think we looked at pronunciation quite quite closely as well, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And I think I remember three or four, at least three or four of the students who participated in that lesson. But mm-hmm. I think for me, the student I remember the most clearly... Mm was the final student we looked at, who was Alyssa, who's also one of our student success stories. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, she was, wasn't she? Yeah, who ended up getting... An 8.5. 8. 8. I think it was 8.5 in speaking. I'm not... It's, it's either an 8 or an 8.5. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it definitely had an 8. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, so I thought maybe, now that we've got her score verified, right, we could listen back to her part two, because it was a great... It was, yeah, I remember it being really, really good. And I think the cue card she was describing was describe something you bought that you found difficult to use at first. Mm. I would say that in general, I think most of our students were were kind of strong in one or two areas, but they had Mm -hmm. at least one place where there was a weakness. Yeah. Do you think that's fair? I think that's fair, yeah. And I think it's normal for most students. I mean, everybody will have an area where they are a little bit stronger, depending on how they've approached English from the time they started studying it and what they use English Mm -hmm. for in their everyday life. Yeah, exactly. But I would say then, just to finish off, I think there was one student who we both agreed um, had the strongest performance, Mm -hmm. maybe because they had a strong performance in each of the band description descriptor areas Mm um you know i'd say other students were just as good in one or two places but maybe nobody was quite as consistent as this Mm -hmm. student Mm -hmm. so i thought just to finish we will listen so this is the cue card which talks about something you bought in the past but had trouble to use Mm -hmm. and as you're listening just try and think about you know if you were the examiner we've got fluency lexis grammar and pronunciation what do you notice what is making this student's performance so good in each area i'm going to talk about my smartwatch my garmin smartwatch um they i didn't really buy it myself it was a gift i got it as a gift as a christmas gift from one of my best friends um last christmas and uh, he bought it to me and he already had this kind of watch so he thought it would uh, be a good idea for me to have it because he's a keen jogger and I'm a keen jogger. We jog on a regular basis. We exchange, you know, our, our um, pace and uh, cadence and stuff like that, some statistics. Um, but it's a bit hard to track with your phones. It's much easier to track it, to have it uh, all the statistics tracked automatically with the help of the watch. Uh, the reason I found it difficult to use at first was that uh, there, there are actually very few buttons because obviously the, the watch is very, is very small, but uh, it has um, a lot of functionality. There are a lot of settings. So what you have to do is actually just keep changing, you know, keep pressing different combinations of the buttons. Um, 
to, to, to get the results you need. Uh, that's why I found it difficult to use. Another reason was that uh, it was set to miles automatically because it's an American company and I wanted to convert it into uh, kilometers and you know, so it's easier to track for me. But in the end, uh, my friend explained how to use it because he had been using it for a while, uh, the same brand. <clears throat> And in the end, I, I learned to use it and I am very happy using it uh, now because I jog and uh, what I do now is just I press uh, one button two times and actually it turned out uh, to be as easy as pie to use it. Um, and off I go. I, I, I go jogging uh, without having to worry about uh, my heart rate, my pace, etc. All right. So... I mean, I hope you agree that was a, I think Nick, that was a, that was a really good cue card. It was, yeah, it was um, excellent. Yeah. It was fantastic. So let's start with fluency. No pauses at all for language, really, were there? No, not for language. Not at all. Some for, a couple of short ones for ideas, but nothing for language. It was very natural. Yeah, extremely natural. And the other, the other part of your fluency and coherence score is how well you transition between ideas. And I think, Nick, mm-hmm. it was you, you said to me, like, this student transitions really well. Yeah. And, you know, there were, we said about no pauses for language, but moving between ideas as well, very naturally. The reason I found it, obviously, another reason what I do now is, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely. It was almost seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lexis was incredible. I mean, I talk to students, you know, when students say to me, should I learn idioms? You know, and, and I always say, no, learn topic specific vocabulary. vocabulary. I mean, this mm-hmm. answer was just full of mm-hmm. topic specific vocabulary, like mm-hmm. track, pace, heart rate, functionality. Cadence. Um, cadence. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cadence. I was, like, I was like, cadence is just like the speed of your strides, isn't it? I think. Do you know what though? Even I will I'm say. Struggling with that I will one. say one thing. Yeah. Easy as pie stood out to me a little bit. I and, was going to say that to but, you, but not in a not necessarily in a good way. No, in a bad way. I, I thought it sounded a little bit forced. Like, oh, I've was, got to slip I, an idiom in there. This was exactly what I was going to say. Was that really? for me the mm-hmm. yeah the weakest part mm-hmm. of her Lexis was when she used the idiom, which probably she thought was the best part of her response. Mm-hmm. But no native speaker would ever say easy as... I mean, rarely would well, we say so, easy Well, yeah, some people may say that, but it, it did stick out to me as a little bit unnatural. And it was weird ha- with the rest of it having been so good and so natural. It yeah. was like that little alarm bell that goes off that uh-huh. sometimes w- when it's a weaker student trying to sound better, basically. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. So, I'm not going to penalise her. Oh for no, that, I wouldn't but either. I, I, mm-hmm. No, but I would say the, that was so interesting that you felt the same. That mm-hmm. the thing which all of you know the students who come to me focus on idioms, idioms, idioms. Mm-hmm. There was only one idiom here, and it was the weak. For me, was the bit that felt unnatural. Yep, I agree completely. Um, <laughs> yeah, she deserved that. Eight, I think that's a really good part two. Excellent, excellent pronunciation. Excellent mm-hmm. intonation. Everything's so clear. Good vocabulary. Brilliant topic-specific vocabulary. Yeah. And that's what I loved about the one that she sent in. You know, as we you've just heard, mm-hmm. the time she tried to use that idiom, mm-hmm. it didn't sound natural. True. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, if your focus is idioms, 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 I would change that focus to topic-specific, topic-specific, topic-specific. Because mm-hmm. for me, that's where the points are. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I would say, Nick, that's sort of brought us to the end of our all things celebrating the amazingness of us <laughs> and our listeners. Um, I guess before we leave, you know, we've got now genuinely got 56 past episodes. We do. Um, yeah. I could have played lots of clips from lots of others. I guess for me, uh, the the sort of other episodes I'd like to give honourable mention to mm-hmm. Uh, are the couple of interviews that we've done. Yeah. So we did a great interview with Kate, who works at an IDP test center, Mm -hmm. who gave us all of the inside information, the the truth essentially about what happens at those. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe for me, my personal favorite was 
the interview that I did with the psychologist Beverly Accord. Yeah, that was great. Really useful information, really useful advice. It's just amazing. You know, if you are somebody who struggles with exam stress, mm-hmm. you can not only go back and listen to that interview. If you go to the blog page, you can actually watch us on YouTube. Oh, you got a YouTube video as well. Yes, you can come behind the scenes because you need to because Beverly's an art therapist so she holds up pictures, Mm -hmm. she shows paintings, you can see me trying to draw some stuff. (laughs) Um, It's a bit of extra, there's a bit of extra content compared to the podcast. So Mm. that was great and I think interviews is is something on my list for this year that I'd like to do more of. Is there anything else, Nick, you'd like, you know, you remember or would like to mention? Success stories. Yes. Should have included one really. Mm Mm-hmm. They're always good and uh, they are something which people often mention in their emails. You know, I was really impressed by Mm -hmm. lots of people like the interview with Zena, particularly all the mums that listen to us, right? (laughs) You know, that she was able to get her score Mm. with a kid. Um, Yeah, I mean, her daughter's not really a kid, she's 18, but still. Um, Definitely the success stories. I'd also say something I'd like to do more of were, you know, that recent episode we did with my sister, yeah, uh, that, and my two I want mates. to do more of those as well. I, I still haven't spoken to my dad about getting him to answer. I think <laughs> we need to get questions. your dad on, Nick. When we do the part two questions, I think we should end it with your dad doing one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, that seemed to be super popular. So that's something else. As always, if you have any ideas for anything you'd like us to cover, please email. You know, I spend most Sundays sitting down thinking, what are we going to talk about tomorrow? Mm-hmm. So I would love if you could help us with ideas, because that would mean that it would make my life easier, but also it would make your preparation better, right? Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, yeah. And I guess the last thing I want to say is thanks, Nick. It's been really fun. It has, hasn't it? It's been great. Thank you. Yeah, it has. And it's thanks to all the listeners. Exactly, right? So thank you, everybody, if you've made it to the end of this episode. Uh, we appreciate the fact that many of you come back week after week. And I know some of you are listening, even though you've actually finished IELTS now. Um which I completely love. I mean, it shows that anybody who does IELTS is completely crazy. It's not just you and me, Nick. (laughs) Um, But we will be back with a normal episode next week. And actually, I already know what we're going to do. We're going to be looking at the lecture part of listening or listening part four. My IELTS Classroom podcast is a production of My IELTS Classroom Limited. Nick and I do not represent IELTS and everything you heard in this episode is our own personal opinion. You can find the show notes and transcript for this episode on our blog. That's blog.myieltsclassroom.com. And if you're looking for our video courses, speaking lessons and marking service, you can find that at www.myieltsclassroom.com. If you have a question or query or just want to chat, you can email Nick and I at hello at myieltsclassroom.com. Our theme music is by Heartbeat and our artwork is produced by David Brown. Have a great week, study hard and remember, this this is my IELTS classroom. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.